everybody, and welcome to the DigiE Podcast. My name's Nicole Yates, and I'll be your host for this episode and all episodes of the DigiE Podcast. That's right. And this is episode number 40. Can you believe that? Took me long enough. Hmm. Anyway, our guest this week is my friend, roommate, and fellow comedian, Stuart Thompson. Stuart's a comic from the Bay Area who's been living in LA for like 10 years, and he has a great album out called Dandy Man. So you should check it out. You can get it at all the places it's available, you know, where you can buy stuff. iTunes, Spotify, stream it, buy it, check it out. It's, it's a good time. You get some laughs. Now, of course, we are sponsored by the always awesome Ha Ha Hot Sauce, H-A-H-A hotsauce.com. Dave Yates makes an amazing hot sauce with the Carolina Reaper Pepper. It's hard to say, easy to eat. So good. We put it on everything around here. We have like three bottles in the fridge at all times. No kidding. And we don't get it for free because we support local business. Now, before we get to Stuart, we just want to have a, a word from our friends at the 12 Questions Podcast. Hey, folks, this is Anna Valenzuela and Dave Yates from the 12 Questions Podcast. We host a show about all types of people recovering from life's curveballs. We ask unique and fun guests 12 questions to give listeners hope and inspiration. Whether you've got addiction problems, anger problems, or just plain old getting through the days that feel the same, we believe recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. So, if you're looking for a pick-me-up at the beginning of the week, tune into our show. New episodes released every Monday, available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're out there and you're feeling lost, we've been there. And we just want to let you know, we love, we love you. you. All right. Are you ready for Stu? Bring it on, Stu. Fair. All right. I'm here with Stuart Thompson. Hey, Stu. Hey. What's hey. up? Hey, you traveled very far to do this interview today. Yeah, pro- approximately 25 feet. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first in-person uh, interview I think I've done since Brandy. So, and that was in the summer. Okay. Yeah. And cool. We, we didn't even have to put shoes on, so that's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I haven't had to put shoes on for a lot of things, but it's uh, it's nice to talk to someone in person. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the, uh, obviously, uh, Stu is my roommate. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, we're not breaking quarantine rules, or no. uh, I'm not I'm not going to see just anybody yeah. uh, <laughs> for podcasting purposes. Right. I can't think of a worse way to get COVID, by the way. Do, yeah. Going going to do someone's podcast. And just catching it because, you know, we we couldn't figure out a way to do it. Some. Oh, could you imagine what a nightmare? Like, why did why did you end up on a ventilator? Because I had to talk to somebody about their podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was trying to promote something. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather promote my life. Right. Seriously. So so you are originally from the Bay Area. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was born in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and I, I grew up in a lot of different parts of the Bay Area. I grew up in Marin County when I was uh, a toddler and in grade school, and then we moved to the East Bay, a town called Piedmont, California, and my parents live in Oakland, and I went to UC Berkeley for college. So I spent the first 20 years of my life in that part of the Bay Area. And what's interesting about the Bay Area and, like, and like a well, I guess San Francisco, but the Bay Area in general, is that in my head I always assumed, I've only been there a couple times, but like I've always assumed that it's like a big, big city, like L.A.-sized city, but it's actually not. But nope. it still has a, a very dense collection of different kinds of like ethnicities, and with that comes food. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco has been a, a town to immigrate to or move to since... 1850 you know it's not 
this tech boom that we're in the midst of, or maybe on the tail end of, who knows, you know, all these people moving to San Francisco currently, that's not a new thing. You know, there have been, you know, people coming from all parts of Asia, all parts of Europe. I mean, that's how my ancestors got there. And so, um, yeah, I'm a fifth generation San Francisco native. So I'm, you know, my family's been there a long time, but so have so many other families. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's five generations. Because, like, when your family got there, it was like wagon train, almost. Um, yeah, I'm, it's my... The, the story, as it was told to me, was my great-great-grandfather, uh, this guy named Johannes Christian Berenson, who uh, immediately upon coming to America went by Joe. He was super into assimilation, like a lot of immigrants uh, are. Uh, he made hats, and he married his cousin, and worked for his uncle-slash-father-in-law. And, um, yeah, he came to, in 1890, so or 1890s. Uh, so... At that time, it was probably a mix of, you know, horse-drawn carriages and uh, the beginnings of uh, uh, combustion engines showing yeah. up. Uh, but, yeah, they, it's, it's one of those towns where it's like, I, I get why people want to stay there for as long as they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if, if, com- if comedy was based in San Francisco, I would stay there. Like, if the entire entertainment industry was in Madison, Wisconsin, I would go there, but, like... You know, that's the, that's the reason why I left. Right. It's purely for work. Sure. Otherwise, it's a great place to live. Yeah, I feel that way about Philly. I love Philly, but, like, there's there's a there's a very low ceiling as to what you can do entertainment-wise. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so it's either New York or L.A., and I hate snow, so... Yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, L.A. is an industry town, so you would go where the jobs are. Just like if you wanted to work in tech, you'd... Move to yeah. You move to you know Palo Alto or you know those er- those areas just south of San Francisco, and a lot of people live there now, and that's why it's so expensive and you know prohibitively expensive to live there and even in the surrounding areas. But that what's nice, um, what's comforting for my comedy career is that I I literally can't afford to move back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to make it. <laughs> it's less expensive to live here in Los Angeles than it is to live up there. And for those of you who have no idea what the rents are like out here, that is a ridiculous statement that it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like money-wise, it is a hilarious statement because yeah. the rents here are bananas. Yeah, so. but I mean, you get a lot of amenities. I mean, you get sunshine almost every day of the year. Uh, and even then, people get mad when it rains, you know, <laughs> six days a year. <laughs> it's a, it rained all week this week, and people were bitching. <laughs> yeah, you get you get the beach, you get you get mountains. You, there's snow not far away. There, what's amazing about California, and I'm, you know, if I sound like a coastal elite, it's because I am. Uh, <laughs> it's because, you know, it's just the way geology worked out, the way the you know the plates aligned. This place, this you know section of the earth happens to have a lot to offer um both you know you know aesthetically and food wise you know a lot of wonderful food grows here all the all the vineyards all the oranges all the almonds avocado avocados it's all it all grows here so it becomes this really lovely self-sustaining um you can call it a utopia i there's plenty of problems but it's really appealing yeah yeah, no, I dig it, definitely. I, I, I enjoy the fact that February I can leave my house. 
yeah. and, and not die of frostbite. <laughs> yeah, could you not do that in Philly? How 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 hunkered down would you be? I know you're a, a, a very much of a homebody because, uh-huh. I mean, not only have we been quarantined, but that's just kind of how you are. And it's like, would you be? Would you never leave the house if you could help it in the winter in Philly? Um, cold is one thing. Mm-hmm. You can always you know put on an extra sweater. Yeah. You know a heavier hat, whatever. That's fine, but when it when it snows on top of snow and then it's ice on top of snow, and you know you get three hours of sunlight every day. Yeah. Um, I don't. I I just didn't want to like wrap my car around a pole to do a bar show that four people may show up for because they don't want to leave the house either. Yeah, I I, I don't really think about that in terms of like comedy because i would um i've done shows in other states and around the world and i've done it in places where it's snowing or torrential rain and i think in those places sometimes people do rally around like we're gonna hunker down in this showroom together or in this bar or in this restaurant but um i haven't done a lot of comedy in philly and it's um i can see how it would be dicey to want to go enjoy some entertainment when Netflix is so uh, alluring. Yeah, well, also, too, it's just, you know, if it just started, like, if you just had a snowstorm, people are still going to go out. But if it, if, if you've had snow, like, if you had a big snowstorm and then it kind of half got washed away and then it snowed again and oh. then it freezes over and then they didn't plow the streets or the streets got kind of shitty plowed and they, maybe they didn't salt and they just put sand down instead, which is just the worst. Um, yeah, there's like a relentless nature to it. Yeah, it's just relentless. And like, you know, if you have to get up and go to work, you don't want to get your car out of that spot uh, that you probably t- took three hours to dig it out of in the first place. Right. Um, it's just, it's, it's soul, cr- it can be really soul crushing. It really can. So... Mm. Usually, like the last couple of years I was in Philly doing stand-up, I actually sort of was very light on trying to book in January and February because you just didn't know what the weather was going to be like. Yeah. I, yeah, when I think of, you know, traveling to places where there is snow, I, I do sometimes, I hear stories about how, like, the the headliners who really want to work, they end up having to take on those first years, like, they have to take you know, Philly in February, or they have to take, mm-hmm. um, you know, Florida in the summertime. Sure. Like all, all, like you go to all these places at the worst time of the season to make your money. Cause you know, the clubs, uh, you know, they're just trying to entice anybody to come in. So it's like, all right, we'll pay you a little, you know, a little less, but like you can, we'll give you, it's the way in. Yeah. 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 Like we'll pay you a little less. You do this February date, you do decently and we'll book you in like May. Right. Or something like that. But, yeah. what's, but what's funny is you used to be able to count on the weather being specific ways at specific times of the year. But mm. with global warming, I mean, at least in Philly anyway, for a couple of couple of winters in a row, not really terrible. Like cold, mm. super, super cold. But not like torrential snow. But not torrential snow, no ice storms. Um, I remember when I was, uh, I, I think it was 90... 94, um, we had an ice storm. I've never seen anything like this. The entire city was covered in ice. Mm. And there was a tree, a Japanese maple tree in my front yard. And I was able to look at it from my bedroom window. 
and it looked really funny and I went outside and it was completely encased in ice. Whoa. Yeah. Up the street from very me. Very Game of Thrones, by the way. Very, very Game of Thrones. And up the street from me, there were kids who were ice skating in the middle of the street. I've never seen anything like it. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I get you get those strange seasons. I mean, we we have it here. I mean, we've you know dealt with you know fire season and you know now we you know because of this year and everyone's been at home, everyone knows what AQI is in Southern California. <laughs> right. And like, oh, maybe this isn't a good day to go out if you have asthma, mm-hmm. or you know, and you know, we're right by you know the the foothills of the Verdugo Mountains. So there's a um, you know. Any place where there's a bunch of dry, you know, unkept land, there's bound to be some fires, and we've been dealing with that here. And that's that's kind of a new thing yeah. in the last, I don't know, 13 years or so. Yeah, when I when I first moved here three years ago, um, the girl that was living that was my roommate that was living there when I got there, she had been there the season before, and was telling me about like how you went outside and it smelled like a campfire. And I was, like, freaked out about it. And now I'm like, oh, is there more fires? Where's the fire today? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun to be nonchalant about something that seems so perilous. Like, I, I've i never been afraid of an earthquake in my entire life. Like, because I... Well, San Francisco, I mean, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I was... The 1989 earthquake happened while I was in utero. Like, I, like maybe that's... <laughs> maybe shook I've, you out. Yeah, maybe I've just been conditioned to the... To the you know the lack of stability <laughs> in the earth, but I, um, I I I sleep through every earthquake that happens at night. People who move here um, and have no bearings for that will you know tweet about it the next. Day, Did you feel that earthquake? And I, I I I I can't think of anything I care less about. Um, and so I, I mean everyone, but everyone's conditioned to it. And, you know, I go somewhere where it's you know ten degrees and I my bones hurt, and someone's just like you know. Buck up, this is Minnesota. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, the last earthquake we had, it I opened my eyes and my windows were rattling and I thought it was a truck, even though sure. we are so far back in our complex that that wouldn't be a thing. Uh, but I was like, oh, it must be a truck. Rolled over, went back to sleep next day, like 6.0 earthquake. And I was like, oh, I guess I am a Angelino now. Yeah, you've uh, you've acclimated. I guess so. I guess so. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about San Francisco food. So San Francisco sure. is known for sourdough bread. Yep. Um, those big giant crabs, the big uh, the 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 crabs. Uh, yeah, I mean you you can get a lot of fresh seafood. I I don't really when I think of San Francisco, I don't think of crabs. I know that around Christmas time. My family and I will have cracked crab. I I don't. I'm not the one buying it, so I'm not the one who's investigating like where it's from. But yeah, uh-huh. you you can totally get crab. But like sourdough, sourdough is like the jam. Like they sell it in the airport. When they, when they sell something in an airport, you know that's what you're known for. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I I haven't. Yeah, I I don't. I don't. I haven't seen it in the airport, but like that is part one of the smells in the air in San Francisco. I I think you know it's just part of the air quality you know if you want to go to san francisco and you want to know just like what smells to expect it's going to be a quarter sourdough it's going to be a quarter weed it's going to be a quarter salt and a quarter piss it's just <laughs> it's that mix that just really you know i i when i think of that i think of home <laughs> that's fair that's yeah. fair yeah i like that so like that so was that just like a thing you always had in the house growing up 
Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it's I I remember eating when I was a kid. I was a very picky eater up until I was about 12. Mm-hmm. So I ate a lot of like hamburger meat and bun, plain hot dogs, cheese pizza, pasta with butter and cheese, and a lot of bread and butter. So it wasn't always sourdough, but like, you know, sourdough bread with, with butter is just, you know, a, a great snack for a kid in the 90s. Sure. Now it's, you know, with kids being, you know, lactose intolerant and gluten three, it might be a death sentence, but it's a, <laughs> for me, it was fantastic. Uh-huh. And there, and there's so many great bakeries. The whole Bay Area is run by restaurants. Mm-hmm. That's what the economy is. You know, there's, I'm sure there's tech and stuff, but that'll, and, and that stuff comes and goes, but like, you know, what makes a neighborhood great are the restaurants. Mm-hmm. That's what makes Berkeley great, especially around the the university campus. There's so many fantastic places to eat and not you know, not eat for a whole lot of money. Then uh, there's fancy places, but you know what makes San Francisco great is how you know, distinct the restaurant culture is there. Mm-hmm. And some people might argue it's dying off because there's some favorites that have gone. Um, but there are... Um, you know, I, I just want to make sure that was clear. You know, it's like, you know, with bakeries or, you know, Thai food, Indian food, you know, Afghani food, uh, Vietnamese food, Cambodian food. Like, you can get you anything you want to eat in the Bay Area, you can get it and probably nearby. Interesting. Interesting. So, if the, sour, the sourdough is good, so the bread is good, so that, so following that line of thought, then, then the pizza must be good. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think... A lot of places make like sourdough pizza. Well, no, but not 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 sourdough pizza, but like usually if like the baking is good in general. Oh sure. And, you know. Yeah, I, I suppose so. I don't really think about it that way, but I I guess it is. Yeah, there's great pizza. I mean, there and there's there's plenty of shitty pizza you can have. Uh, are you are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so like I, but and there's some places that are not good pizza places, but mean a lot to me. Okay, like what? There's a place called Cybell's Pizza in Oakland, and there's, they have a couple locations. Um, the one that I, I guess, my family and I would go to the most uh, was in a, a part of Oakland called Montclair, and it's a it's a very shishi part of Oakland. It's, uh, it, and, but the the pizza like I remember it was always better the next day because the 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 cheese had kind of congealed in such a way where it was like, I don't know, it looked like. It looked like uh, the consistency of like slime or like when you mix cornstarch with water. It had that like oh. gooey kind of like, it, but it would still be gooey even the next day. Like, uh, oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I Never don't, congealed. <laughs> like it was congealed, but like if you heated it up, it would get this sort of gooey texture again. Um, and I don't know what was in the cheese, and it wasn't like Pizza Hut or Little Caesars. That's like it's kind of in this mid-tier pizza. Where it's, you know, and I can tell you all kinds of places where you can get, like, fine pizza. Uh-huh. Like, like high-quality pizza. But, like, Cybele's was right in the middle. And it was very proud to be in the middle. <laughs> we are mediocre, and we love it. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the, bre- the bread was kind of, like, the crust was kind of chewy. And it was not deep dish, and it was not super thin crust. It was just, it was so in the middle. Huh, huh. And I, I, I feel like it's important to give them a shout out because <laughs> they're, they, they meet, they meant a lot to me. So many times when my brother and I would be home alone because my parents wanted to go out to dinner or like, 
they had a thing they were going to and get away from you damn kids yeah yeah that's that's exactly how they put it how'd you know um <laughs> they would uh they would order us a, a side bills pizza and it would and it would be you could get all kinds of crazy stuff on it like i think i've told you about this off mic um like i i loved their barbecue chicken pizza uh because it had a little bit of barbecue sauce in the tomato sauce mm-hmm. And um, it was great the next day. And then my dad loved uh, one with spinach, garlic, and artichoke hearts. And that one was that one I, I, I grew to love. Um, mostly yeah. because I wanted to eat more leftover pizza, and there was more of that. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like a grown up pizza. That's yeah. not it's not like a kid topping pizza. You yeah, kind of grow into that. Yeah. Yeah, kid topping is is meat lovers, and like yeah. <laughs> grown up is like let's go to Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you talk about this. Uh, what that play, Zach Zachy's? Zachary's. Zachary's. Yeah, Zachary's is um, Chicago-style deep dish pizza in San Francisco. And I've taken um, people. I've taken a friend from Chicago to there, uh-huh. uh, and he approved. It was quality uh, Chicago-style deep dish pizza. Interesting. That is on par. It's it's always nice to get like a stamp of approval from the person that like they're they're from and they're like this is pretty good. Yeah, I mean it's nice to see like how it how things reverberate to you know outside cultures. Um, you know, I, and that's and Zachary's is a place where people will stand in line for hours uh, to wait for. They'll you know you call it in. Yeah, it'll be ready in two hours. Like ah oh, shit, okay. Um, and the best days in high school were when the student council would get Zachary's pizza for the school and you could get a slice and it would be, it would be costly. It'd be like three bucks for a slice, but it was well worth it. Well, if it's deep dish, three bucks sounds about right. Cause it's more like a quiche. Yeah. But these are kids, you know, it's like, it's like you, you could, your money might go further elsewhere. Uh, but it was it was well worth it. He has a lot of Swedish fish, you know. <laughs> sure, yeah, and just Swedish fish, no, nothing else. Oh yeah, they, there used to be a there used to be a corner store not too far from my house, and they still had penny candy. Oh wow! So like, so did they go out of business or like? I what? mean, this was this was like the mid '80s, so like oh, you could okay. still do a thing like that. But yeah. like, man, you'd go in there and like slap down like a dollar, and just get like, I would get Swedish fish because I don't. It, this is a very problematic. Uh, statement i'm gonna make i don't really like sour patch kids all that much i don't think that's problematic sour patch kids is a little bit of a it feels it feels like work to eat really sour candy yeah warheads sour patch kids i mean warheads are obviously worse but it's Mm -hmm. like i i feel like i'm struggling i don't want to struggle through something that i'm supposed to enjoy yeah yeah i just i just want to like i want to get those fish jammed in my teeth and you know sure and enjoy myself i don't want to just be struggling through it. That's a great way to put it. Just to, you know, you're eating them and you're like, Ugh, yeah. I don't like that feeling. I it, to to tail on onto that. I can't stand it when a server says, "Are you still working on that?" I will never <laughs> refer to a meal as work. I think that's the. I think that's. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to get too, too serious, but I feel like it's that says a lot about America. That <laughs> that people <laughs> refer to a meal as work. Like we already work on so many things, and like you and I are in this field where we it's so self motivated. Like we're working all the time, and it's really hard to uh, truly take a break. Sure, because there's always something to do, and plenty of people feel the same way in other industries. But like when I want it, when I'm eating something, I do want to enjoy it because I'm not working. It's it should it should be the antithesis of work. Are you still enjoying that? Yeah, 
that would be that's a super easy change that servers could use. And I don't know if their managers are making them say that, but uh, whoever started it, um, I would I think would rightfully deserve some public shaming. <laughs> so put them on the cancel list. Is that what you're saying? Um, not on the cancel list, but just like hey, um, this is where this came from. Uh, let's just let it be known. And that this is wrong. <laughs> well, you uh, you went to Berkeley. Yep. And, uh, you know, you've told me numerous times about how, like, it's surrounded by just great cheap food. And I feel like if you have a college and it's not surrounded by ch- good cheap food, you're there's something wrong and you shouldn't go to school there. Yeah, or it's, you know, maybe it's saying that, like, they're only catering to a certain clientele that is on the richer end of the spectrum. And... and I think that I think every college town has to realize that, and it, economically, that's just how the restaurants that make it through end up being the ones that are a better value. All right, like uh, the first college I went to uh, in Jersey, uh, they were not surrounded by good cheap food, but there were two pizza places that were very competitive: Nino's and Vino's, and they both sold five dollar large cheese pizzas. Yeah, it's like it's like a Where's Waldo, <laughs> where like. You find Waldo, but he's had, he has a beard, and it's like, ah, that's not the right Waldo. God damn it. <laughs> Where, where's the one I like? Right? Exactly. Well, they were... What's funny is, like, you would think that people would be like, well, I like Nino's, or I like Vino's. Honestly, nobody gave a shit. They were $5 large pizzas, and they tasted exactly the same. Yeah, that, that sounds like those economics classes that I took where they would say, like... You know all the all the sellers in a market. You know produce a very you know an almost identical product, uh-huh. and so they you know what happens you know they like let's say there's just Nino's and they they charge ten for their their pizzas, and then Vino's comes along and is like all right now we meet in the middle at five, right? Um, and so that's just where that it feels like one of those like perfect economics class examples <laughs> Nino's and Vino's it's very funny I have to say though those delivery guys must have made a fucking fortune because like I mean you'd see those guys pull up and they just had like stacks and stacks of pizza sure. and they would just go from dorm to dorm to dorm to dorm I think they mm-hmm. even like like divided the dorms mm-hmm. so I think there was like maybe like eight eight dorms maybe on campus yeah. and like not not including like the frat houses and stuff yeah. and it, like they were always just like here's your pizza here's your pizza here's your pizza just like giving them out like candy like who wants a pizza yeah <laughs> I don't even like money just take them <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it on was, me <laughs> right yeah it's, I mean you can't but you really can't beat it even though it was still like nine, like 93 like still $5 large pizza and then it wasn't like a like a faux large where it's actually like maybe like 14 inches it was like a large an actual large pizza yeah like an 18 inch an 18 inch sliced up i never heard of faux large that's that's uh (laughs) that seems like a that seems like the most boring documentary but (laughs) (laughs) like it's like we got conned into a large pizza well there are some places where like i i do a lot of looking on postmates just because I, I like food and I'm bored. And sure. sometimes I'll think, oh, well, what about this? Like, what's up with this pizza place? And then I look, their large pizzas, like, you know, 16 inch or like 14 inch. And then you want to get like their jumbo pizza. And then they charge like $28 for it. And I'm like, but, but, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. It, it, in There's also going to be places, you know, LA is really good at, you know, making something seem like it's a little bit higher end mm-hmm. uh, when it's just like, oh, you just, you put bacon on something or like 
Yeah. Or, oh, this this has avocado in it when it maybe like I'll, I'll, I'll and I will put avocado in anything, but oh, like yeah. maybe it didn't need it uh-huh. or you know it it has this name or it's like it's in this particular part of town. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to live um, you know, in a part of town where there was a lot of stuff like that. You know, it's. And some places are really good at that. They're make they're good at making a you know one thing really well, and because it's so good, they can charge a little extra because they claim to be the best at that thing. Right. Sure. Totally. Man, L.A. loves loves avocado, and I'm yeah, not, and I love avocado. But like, the very first time I came out here, um, I I went out to lunch with my friend Sean and this girl that he was, I don't know, kind of seeing anyone to meet meet her. We went out to lunch at this place, Pete's downtown, and we're sitting outside, and it was the third time I'd gone out to eat, and I was looking at the menu, and everything had avocado on it. And it was like, everywhere I went, everything had avocado on it. And it was like, I and I said to him, I was like, what is with the avocado? He's like, because he's from Philly too, he's like, I don't really love it here. And you'll learn to love it too, because it's on everything. <laughs> yeah, um, avocado is perfect. I mean, I love and, it, don't get me wrong. Um I I really can't understand. I mean, I, I guess I can't understand why someone wouldn't like it because I didn't like a lot of things when I was little. Sure. But um, my feeling is, if you are an adult um, and you don't like something as basic as like avocado or cheese, and it's not like a health concern, mm-hmm. um, I have trouble understanding you. Well, I, I think avocado comes down to I think it's I think it's a texture thing. And what makes me think that is this: um, when I used to make pierogies, um, I in my in my in all of my fillings there's onion, right? Mm-hmm. But I would take the way that I would cook the onion because people would be like, "I don't like onion," and I'm like, "Okay." So I take like a softball onion and a pound of butter, and I would you know cut it all up and I cook it real slow until like the onions almost completely disappeared, mm-hmm. but you still get the taste. Yeah, you know, without the, the mouth feel, and. When people will come up to me and be like, is there onions in this? I don't like onions. And I'd say, I'm going to give these... I wouldn't give them to them. I'm like, you're going to buy these. And you're going to eat them. And if you don't like them, I will give you your money back. And I never had anybody take me up on it. Yeah. And and I think it's it's the mouthfeel. I think that's... Like a raw onion? Just just the feel of onion in their mouth in general, I think, is... Mm. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I had a roommate who hated cilantro because it tastes like soap to him, and I guess there's some, some people have that thing where it, Well, that's like me and goat cheese, you know, I can't eat goat cheese because it tastes like, like that garbage aftertaste. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I, although I can't understand that, it's, that's your thing, and that those are, yeah. and I, and I draw the line with certain things too, and, um, but yeah, avocado, I think is perfect. It's, it's got, it has, it has the fats, it, and, don't get me wrong, a, a not quite ripe avocado mm-hmm. is a tragedy. You are you are the avocado whisperer. You, I've, I've eaten enough of them where I kind of know how they're supposed to feel in order for on the outside in order for them to taste good. And they, and all it is is they just have to feel. You, you there's a little place where the stem is. You pull that off. The grocery store is not going to get mad at you for doing that. And if it's green, it's good, and it's ready to eat. And it should feel a little bit soft to the touch. You shouldn't be able to, like, crush it in your hands. You know, don't Thanos it. Just, (laughs) you should just be able to squeeze it, and it'll have a little give to it. If it's hard, like a football, it just needs a couple days. And if it's brown at the grocery store when you pull off that little stem, Uh that means it's bad, or it's on its way out. 
and you should either eat it right away or maybe get another avocado. Yeah, I really, I enjoy avocado. Just like avocado and just like a, just the tiniest little bit of salt. Like just a teeny, teeny little bit of kosher salt on it and it just kind of makes it pop. Yeah, you, you can put lemon juice and chili flakes on as well. It, re, it makes a really nice snack. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to eat half of an avocado with salad dressing in it as a, mm. as a snack and it fills you up and uh, doesn't make you feel too bad after you eat it. So as far as like all the choices that, the, that are out there, mm-hmm. and we live on a block where there's... It feels like there's every single fast food restaurant on the same block. It's like, you know, the Las Vegas Strip for, like, trying to kill people. (laughs) And uh, there's, you know, it doesn't take much to, you know, there's a lot of great, you know, options out there. Mm -hmm. And avocado kind of makes them all better, in my opinion. I I agree. I agree. And also, too, I think... They're cheaper and more plentiful out here than they are on the East Coast because they're going to ship them all the way over. Yeah. Or, yeah, or they come from Mexico. That's yeah, Which I, is, like, right there. Yeah, I do, I do have some mixed feelings. So I've heard about um, stories about how cartels uh, in Mexico are getting into the avocado business. and so <laughs> Trying to get legit. Well, or, I mean, it's just, like, to mix their, I guess, diversify their um, business. And so... If I have the choice, I do try to buy avocados from California. Mm-hmm. Um because you know it's it's the same reason why I don't support you know cocaine use. Uh, it's it's just it supports cartels, and like if you wanna if you wanna stop you know the drug trade, you know if you could try not to buy avocados or cocaine from Mexico, um, you know that'll you know if the it's just simple economics. The dem- if the demand is not there, they'll do something else. So can I put my cocaine? In the avocado? That is a great snack. Yeah. Yeah. And it's delicious. I, highly recommend. Yeah. It's because you're alert, but also you get the good fats. Yeah, but get yeah, but get it from California. There you go. Yeah. California cocaine. Uh, yeah. Should come up with a tagline for that. Yeah. You, you can you can do an insert here. Yeah. <laughs> so you've uh you've done a lot of a a, a a decent amount of traveling around doing stand up. So like <laughs> what do you think are good like food towns that you've been to? Um you, know, you had good things to say about Portland. Yeah, Portland's a good food town. I've ha- I've gotten some great recommend- recommendations from people who live there and people who've, who've traveled there. Um, I Seattle's a little bit harder to get around, but Seattle has great food. Uh, there, it's really easy to become a good food town now. I, there's a lot of towns that are just like that re- you know, either lost in industry or didn't really have much going for them, and they have kind of reinvented themselves to becoming a food town. I noticed that a lot when I was uh, when my brother was visiting colleges in upstate New York and, you know, the greater, like, Pennsylvania area, uh, you know, we were, a lot of these towns that may have been, like, you know, Rust Belt towns mm-hmm. previously, you know, I was like, well, why don't we just, if we bring good restaurants, people will come. Where did he go in Pennsylvania? We went to, we went and checked out, like, Haverford and the Villanova area. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I think... We noticed a little bit more in upstate New York, but like places where like Skidmore colleges and you know all those places that kind of are along the Hudson River, but way north of New York City, um, you know they just kind of like like all, you know Albany was trying to figure out how to be a better you know m- more of a food town and bring more people there. Albany, I'm sorry to say, is still leaves a lot to be desired, mm-hmm. uh, but you know the a lot of towns are reinvigorating themselves. Denver is a great food town. San Diego is a fantastic food town. Um, I'm trying to think of what other places. Las Vegas is really good for 
if you have like very specific tastes, I mean, you can go to a buffet and get like anything you want, but like I've been able to find some, you know, hidden gems amongst all the craziness of Vegas. Oh yeah? Yeah, I um like those little Earl of Sandwich places are great. Earl of Sandwich is awesome. Yeah, those those places that are kind of it's like a really it's kind of like a nice quiet oasis in the midst of all like the lights and sounds. The I the first time I went to an Earl of Sandwich, I was in Disney World of all places with okay. my cousins and my cousins were out spending a bazillion dollars, and it was just me and my aunt kind of wandering around uh, downtown Disney area, mm-hmm. which is just like shops and restaurants and stuff like that. Yeah. And she was like, you want to go to Earl of Sandwich? And I was like, I, I, A, I love the name, and B, you had me at Sandwich. So, yeah. yeah. And it was great. I had like a Thanksgiving sandwich, because it was around that time of year, sure. you know, that, or, or, or like a gobbler for people who know what a Wawa gobbler is, it's, you know, with the turkey and the... I don't know. That's I don't know why you're telling, well, telling me. Well, I'm not telling you. I'm telling people. Uh, oh, you're telling them. Yeah. Um, a, a gobbler is a. It's like a. It's like a hoagie roll. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, turkey and all the Thanksgiving stuff. The, the turkey and the stuffing and the cranberry sauce and. Okay. You can get it with or without the gravy. You know, people right. are very, very divided about gravy. Are so, they? So, yeah, some people have very strong, weirdly strong feelings about gravy. Oh. It's funny that it's funny your Philly accent comes out when you say hoagie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because you you don't I don't hear it a lot from you, but like it's like <laughs> you get that with anyone from like a town with a very distinct uh, accent where it's like it'll come out in certain words or like you know, when someone gets drunk they <laughs> like they, they revert back to it. Yeah, it's when I when I get on a roll about something or like I'm angry and I start yelling. Yeah, um, it it definitely comes out. Sure. Um, I try not to do that. So, nah, sure. You know. The um the other place that I really liked in Vegas was there was a, a, a churrasqueria, oh. just like a Brazilian steakhouse uh-huh. that was fantastic. I mean, I think if you go to a Brazilian steakhouse and you like me, you're you're in heaven. Yeah. Um, I I made the mistake of having any amount of the salad bar I really should that's where they get you that's where they get you I really should have had just the meat but I I still got um, plenty for my money and it was a really nice way to treat myself while I was doing a week of shows there Uh Uh, I'm trying to think of where else is a good uh, food town that I remember specifically Um, I've had some I've had some good food in different parts of Texas I mean like it's you know, I, I, I didn't get to eat a lot of places because I visited Austin very briefly and I visited a lot of, you know, Dallas and Houston and El Paso very briefly. But, you know, you can always, I, I love being in you know, the greater southern part of the U.S. because there's always good um, barbecue. And the my my strategy is it's, if it's the, the worse it looks, the better the food tastes. Yeah. Oh, totally. totally. Well, I would ask you. If you had Whataburger when you were in Texas, but I know your feelings about fast food, but it is regional fast food. Yeah, I've had I've had Whataburger and it's it's fine. It it doesn't blow my dick off the way it does a lot of our comedian friends. Do you get that spicy ketchup that they had though? I don't like ketchup, so I did not. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I I yeah, I don't know what it, ketchup's too sweet. Oh, uh, you then you should have tried the spicy ketchup because it it, it that the spiciness totally cuts down like mm. or almost completely eliminates the sweetness i'll consider it but ketchup's uh that's one of, that's one of my places where i draw the line i don't it, i don't feel like it adds much to it it's more like a hot it's more like a ketchup hot sauce yeah. really than that ketchup to be honest with you yeah i think i had something that was like it had i, I think i had like a nice biscuit from there mm-hmm. um but you can get you can get good biscuits from all kinds of places so oh, sure i'm not gonna like turn to whataburger but it is what is nice about whataburger in the greater Texas area is it's it's good in a pinch. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. You know, it's it's open all the time and Yeah. 
and, and shout out to Adam Ferber, who when I was working, when I was working with him, he he's from uh, Dallas. Oh, okay. So he went home to see his mom, and I don't know, do something. Yeah. And joking around, I was like, "Yo, you should bring me back some of that spicy ketchup from Whataburger." And he laughed. And when it came back, he had a he had a Ziploc baggie of like four containers of the spicy ketchup. Oh, that's nice. And I kept them in my desk drawer, and I rationed them like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think just one fry is going to have the, uh, the ketchup. <laughs> just one. <laughs> well, you know they they cater the lunches, so like mm. I just I worked there six months, and I it took me six months to go through all four of them. Oh wow! Because you can't. I mean, you can order it online, but I'm not a lunatic. Um, I mean, you about, like food a lot. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past you to I, order uh, like to order just spicy ketchup from Whataburger's website. Nah, I mean, I like it, but like, I, I don't think I'm going to pay for shipping for sure. it. Sure. <laughs> I, I could see that if you were in a position where like money was no option, I could see you ordering in food from like all over the world just because. Yeah, well. Is that what you would do if you had a, a, a shit ton of money? I mean, maybe not all the time, but like... Your mom and dad were, like, just delightful enough for Christmas to yeah. order me a pastrami from Katz's Deli in New yeah. York. Um, that would be something I would probably do. Sure. Um, and then I would probably... Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because there is this website called Gold Belly where, like, you can order, like, food, like specialty food from, like, all over the country. Oh, okay. Um, it costs, like, an arm and a leg. I see. Um, but you, you can do it. Okay. Uh, I don't... Maybe? I think I might, if I was curious about something. Yeah. I mean, like, I know this, you know, this love of food goes deep with you. So it's like, I mean, it. if that was, like, you know, your flight of fancy, I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, if I had... If money was no object, if I was, like, if I was, like, Jeff Bezos rich... Sure. sure. You know you don't you know you don't have to be Jeff Bezos rich for money to be no option, right? <laughs> like like if you make like if you make like 80 grand a year, like oh. that's that's kind of studies have shown and like a lot of people like that's where like the peak happiness has. Like if you're making 80 grand a year, like pretty much all you unless you're like really trying to live an extravagant life. Uh-huh. Like if you're trying to be a regular ass person, 80 grand's kind of the line where like everything just kind of Oh, this is all kind of working out. I got all my bills paid. I've got I've got money to save. I can you know if something crazy happens to my car, I can fix it no problem. Right. Um, you know, for me, even if I had like ten grand, just like in my checking account. Oh wow. Like if if I if I was in that position, like that's where I feel like money is no option. I feel like it's not that far away. Is what I'm saying. Wow. Well, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I. Money has always been drilled into my head that, like, money doesn't grow on trees, <laughs> you know? That was my dad's big, that was my dad, my dad's big line before he, before or after he would say no to something. He yeah. would say, money doesn't grow on trees, you know? Your dad was obviously not a farmer. I know, no. <laughs> no, he's a grower of bullshit. But like, <laughs> um, That'd be an awful tree. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> But what? Yeah. Why does this tree smell so bad? <laughs> Rather have durian fruit. God. <laughs> but yeah, it was always money doesn't grow on trees, and we don't have it, so no. Yeah. Um, Can I just say a, a quick uh, aside? You mentioned food towns. I have to go. I have to tell you international places that are worth going to. Oh yeah, yeah. London is an amazing food oh. town. Uh, uh, Singapore is an amazing food city. Um, 
pretty much anywhere in Southeast Asia is amazing because like our money goes so far over there. Um, even in Singapore, it goes a little bit further than it would here. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Bangkok is amazing. Uh, Kuala Lumpur is amazing. You know, my girlfriend and I got to go to Southeast Asia a little over a year ago to do stand up, um, and we also went to Manila. Um, you know, you can we ate at like Michelin star restaurants for like. 30 bucks for the two of us. That's crazy, because she could put it away. Yeah, and, like, we, you know, and we kind of just happened upon them. And, like, it's not, I guess it's not, like, an American Michelin star. It's, like, a Hong Kong Michelin star, but it was still... Michelin um, star is a Michelin star. Yeah, it was phenomenal, and it was, uh, you know, and you can get great street food, and you're like, I don't know where this came from, and this grill looks suspicious, but, like, (laughs) you know, this curried sausage is fucking incredible. Yeah. So I, oh yeah. I what do we have? What do we have the other night? Larb. Yeah. So um, my dad has gotten into uh, condiments and sauces, and he's made a habit of sending them to me, which is very appreciated. Yeah. And um, he sent uh, he sent us some srirachas um, uh, from this Brooklyn company, and uh, they you know where sriracha comes from, Brooklyn. Sure. Um, Sriracha actually comes from Irwindale. Like, that's where the big uh, sriracha factory is. Oh, yeah, there was a big thing about that because, like, uh, they were working, they were working there, the the factory overtime, and it was starting to make the residents of the town, like, their eyes water. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was an irritant in the air. Uh, that must really suck. It's like, first a renaissance fair, and now my eyes hurt. Um, and, it's not, and it's not just from looking at fat guys in, in kilts. Well, uh, on the upside, you could just, like, kind of wave your turkey leg in the air just to get a little sh- spice on sh- it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> people rejoice. Uh, yeah, so... He also has sent us these um, flavor packets. Uh, these this company Omsom, like O M S O M, has these two Asian women have uh, kind of distilled these flavors, these Asian flavors, into these flavor packets, and they've given some instructions about how to cook with them. And you basically pour them on, and it kind of, you know, you know, the, you know, it, it turns your your meat or your vegetables into that those you know. Uh, distinct flavors yeah. of the cuisine. So we've tried two of them. We tried the the Japanese one, which was a little more subtle. And we tried the larb one, um, referring to larb guy, which is a Thai um, lime minced chicken salad. Um, and it really, it really larbified our, uh, you know, these leftovers that we were cooking with. Yeah, I mean, it was real good. It smells like feet, but... Yeah, Larb Guy smells like feet, and I don't know why. I don't really know what it, what particular spice is doing that, but it tastes fantastic. Yeah, I'll take it. It was... I, I was so surprised. It was really, really good. Yeah, there's one more... There's a Vietnamese one that we've yet to try, and I'm looking forward to trying that. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, there's a story that I tell that pops up in almost every episode yeah. that I do of this podcast, and I think you know where I'm going with this. Yep, I think I do. Um, so uh, when I was out with Anna one day, we went to the Eagle Rock Bakery, which I love, and shout out, props to them. Um, and they had a, it's an Italian bakery, so hence mm-hmm. the name. And when I saw that they had sandwiches, I got very excited. I ordered the Italian hoagie, mm-hmm. and... I didn't eat it that day because we went across the street to Plants and Animals, which is also an amazing restaurant. Uh, And if you're in the L.A. area, uh, I suggest checking it out. They have vegan, keto, uh, vegetarian food that's just awesome. Um, Even if you're not any of those things, their food is still awesome. Anyway, we had lunch there. Yeah. 
and then I brought the sandwich home, I put it in the fridge, and the next day I pulled it out of the fridge, and when I opened it up, um, I was angry. Yeah, you started screaming. <laughs> I wasn't screaming. You or you yelled in uh, what I can only describe as regional disgust. Yeah, and when I said, <laughs> when I said, oh, I'm sorry, was that loud? And you said... Uh, when you open up the sandwich, it sounded like there were thumbs on that sandwich instead of mustard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, you 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 reacted like the lady at Wendy's who found a finger in her chili. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like yeah. It, 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 I could only yeah. It's like a yeah. I guess it, it sounds like a religious thing where it's like. No, things are supposed to be a certain way. There's like a ritual to all this, and someone had kind of desanctified something. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. It was almost I had to bring in an exorcist to get the mustard off my sandwich. Yeah, and keep in mind, you were mad that there was mustard on your sandwich. That was the that was what was wrong with the sandwich in your eyes. Yeah. Um, I am not. I was not aware that mustard was not supposed to be on an Italian sandwich. In, uh, in. Italian sandwiches in Philly. Um, and everywhere. I, I'm not going to speak for everywhere. I'm going to speak for Philly. Because <laughs> you are, uh, let's call this a biased sample in our poll. Um, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like the way you grew up, clearly this was not what was supposed to be on a sandwich. Uh, I do make fun of you for it because I think it's... Because you do like mustard. I do. I love mustard. Mustard's great. And yet you can't have it on this sandwich. Well, because on the Italian hoagie, it's either mayo or uh, oil. and Not both? You, some people get both. You can okay. put both. But like... So there is flexibility with sauces my, on sandwiches? And my grandpa didn't like mayo. So like if my bocce got them hoagies for like dinner or whatever, mm-hmm. he would just eat his dry. Okay. Which I just thought was a little weird, but... Um, but I mean, but he didn't slap. Now, now, if you were taking two pieces of bread, free flowing loaf bread, and you want to put like a slab of mustard on there and layer it up with salami and whatever and whatever other fixings that would go in an Italian sandwich. Yeah. Okay. But but not on a roll. But not on not on not a, on, not on a not a, on a hoagie roll. Not on a hoagie <laughs> yeah. roll, dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, so it's specifically. The the combination of the mustard and the hoagie roll with the Italian sandwich fixings, that is the problem. Yeah, because if you were just making a sandwich, say, like you were just pulling stuff out of the fridge, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't have like the the, the grated lettuce and you probably wouldn't put onion and, and, and tomato and, Ital- and a little bit of Italian seasoning on the top, you know, a little oregano. You mm-hmm. know, you probably wouldn't do all of that. That that is all the stuff that makes a hoagie a hoagie. Okay, so so this is so are all hoagies Italian sa- Italian sandwiches? I'm confused. No, a hoagie a hoagie. It's just the roll. It's the roll. Got it. So okay. like, I, my you know what my jam is like if I don't feel like eating all of the salted meats, um, like I would get like a roast beef and cheese. Sure, is good. You okay. know, uh, I get extra mayo on that because I'm a lunatic. Um, Could you put mustard on that, or would that be? Um, no. You, so is it because so it, it, do mustard does mustard not go with hoagie rolls? Is that what uh, it is? I, I'm, try, I, I'm trying to understand because when I, I hear you talk about this, it sounds fucking ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's not like it does, I'm not offended by it because I, you know, 
I just I eat what I eat, and I don't, sure. And like I'm 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 someone who will put whatever I want in a sandwich because um, I don't. It, it, it those confinements don't concern me as much. Yeah. But I want to understand because this seems to bother you so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just not a thing you do. I mean, it would be a little more acceptable if it was just like a roast beef and cheese. But when you have like the Italian meats, it's... And, and there are a lot of people who say that mayo is a sacrilege. They say just the oil. Are these other pe- are these other people in Philly? Because I'm getting a feeling it's a Philly problem. I mean, like, it could... It, it's also like a Jersey, New York thing, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so Pete... So... So I guess if if someone was being a very strict traditionalist about an Italian sandwich, it would just be like all the salted meats, the grated lettuce, um, certain types of cheese. Like, um, that... usually you could do like American or provolone. A lot of people like the provolone. That's a nice. That's a, that. That's uh, an Italian cheese. That yeah, that's, that's and that's a. It goes good with the salty meat. You know? And it goes with, and then you put the oregano and then you put the oil on. Is that um, is that a strict? Italian you would. Nuggie? You would. You would lay out. You would. You would lay out flat. Uh-huh. You know, you cut the roll, you lay it out flat. You put your oil. Yeah. You know, you put your uh, your lettuce, your tomato, your whatever, yeah. whatever. Uh, you lay down your cheese, and then you lay your meats. You take a you take like a like a long knife or something. Like yeah. you can just kind of like push it a little bit so it looks like a book, and then yeah. you can close it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Okay, so. And then you, if you want to put some oregano, it goes on the top, like. On the top of the bread. On, on, on top of the sandwich. Got like it, got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and this is strictly like an Italian-American thing, because I've been to Italy, and I can't find that sandwich anywhere. Oh, no, that's, no. Yeah. Italian-American it's, food is completely different from Italian Yeah, food. no, yeah. I, I just think it's very, because it's so specific. hmm And I know this is where you grew up, so it is, so it is, you know, it's critically important. This is culture, right? Yeah. It's, it's the fa- these repeated traditions that become endemic to our idea of what it is to be a Philadelphian or someone from Jersey or uh, mm-hmm. from New York. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I my understanding of a sandwich is it's like whatever bread you like and then whatever things you like go in it. That's uh-huh. that's my understanding of a uh-huh. sandwich. I, you know, Californians and, you know, it's like that, it's that nth degree of American like freedomness with food is because it's like anything goes. Sure. And it, and we're also so used to accommodating people with different tastes. Well, if you if you wanted to like I said if you wanted to make that sandwich on like rye bread, okay, yeah. let's say you put anything you put you want to put ketchup on that thing whatever whatever you want who cares but if there's just it's just like a like a cheesesteak like when yeah. I made us cheesesteaks mm-hmm. and you put avocado on it avocado and mustard on it. Because I like those things, and I and I said okay. Yeah, and you 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 were almost offended. I mean, it's like I it, you you looked at me like I was ruining it. I'm like I was making the sandwich worse by putting those things in there. I mean, it's so good the way that it is usually eaten. It just you you really took a left turn. I think you just threw me. I think is okay. what it was. Because I have never seen that. I've never seen that. Yeah, and if yeah. I and if I was ordering it at a restaurant and you know I'm not you know, I don't have the you know, the luxury of my own fridge with stuff in there. Sure. Then it's like I'm gonna eat it as it's given to me. Uh-huh. But if let's say I went to the premier Italian hoagie place, your favorite place in Philly. Mm-hmm. What would that be? What was that place? The, the 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 best place where you would get a hoagie in Philly. 
I mean, I, I don't I don't have a specifically a specific favorite place. There's lots of places I can go to get a good sandwich. Okay, so let's name one that you like. Uh, Italian hoagie or cheesesteak? Italian hoagie. Uh, honestly, am, are, am, I, am I? Would you be dividing your crowd if you picked one? No, I don't think so. It's just, it's just like it, it, you know, it's 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 like the Rolodex starts going in your head. Okay. Um. Okay. My fa- my favorite hoagie to get when I lived at my mom's was to to order from Steve's Prince or not Steve's uh, Steve's Old London Pizza. Okay. At uh, Frankfurt. On, on, on Frankfurt and Castor, okay. um, and I would get what they call the uh, the, uh, the Kenzo Special, which is like an Ita- like an Italian hoagie like on steroids. Okay, so let's say I go to uh, Steve's uh, old say, Steve's old London Steve's old London, and I ask them for an Italian sandwich, and I ask them to put mustard on it. Would they do that? They would do it, but they they'd be like. Who's this fucking idiot getting to- getting mustard on their sandwich? But like, I mean, that, who cares about that? Yeah, but they're not going to spit in my sandwich because I did that. No. Okay. Now, it, it, no one's going to spit in your food. Okay. People might give you shit about it, and there are certain places where, like, like there's uh, there's Pat's and Gino's, those two like uh, the cheesesteak places, the two cheesesteak places, and they kind of like make their bones on like making people order correctly. They're, they're real assholes about it. Yeah, I'm, I. That's you know, that's a lot of people's, and it was my first impression of like Philly cheesesteaks in Philly, because I mean my my parents were like well let's go try it sure and I because can't remember, it's a tourist place yeah and I can't remember which one we went to um, but I you know there's a lot of yelling it's like going to uh, Dick's Last Resort that's a place here in Southern California mm-hmm. where it's like. They're inclined to be assholes about it. Yeah, they're they're they are assholes about it. And the only difference between the two is that Gino's doesn't chop their steak up; they keep it like flat. They have flat steak, and Pat's chops it up. Okay, that's really the only difference between the two. And you know, it started with them being very like strict about how to order, just because the line was always so long, and like you can't stand there for five minutes while someone goes uh. So they kind of want you to know what you want when you get up there. That's fair, but. You know, sometimes they could be real dicks about it if they want to. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they are. But it's, it, you know, it's like, it's you, do you want American? Do you want provolone or do you want cheese Whiz? And really only, like, tourists eat cheese Whiz. Nobody eats cheese Whiz. Yeah, I, I was going to ask about that because that sounds disgusting. It's not bad if it's done right. But, like, it, not a lot of people do that. Usually a lot of people, I'm a big American girl, like American, but, like, a lot mm. of people like provolone. Yeah. So you would say... Like American, or and then like uh, wit or without, which means like with with fried onions or without fried onions. Yeah. So you go like American wit, and then you know, and then if you want like something else with it. Now Joe Biden, uh, the president, yeah, uh, went there. He, oh, that guy. That guy. You know, <laughs> that Joe Biden. That guy from Delaware. Uh, so um, he went there a bunch of years ago, and I don't remember if he was like campaigning with Obama or what he was doing, but. He went. He went to. I think it was Gino's, and he made the mistake of ordering a a cheesesteak with Swiss cheese and mushrooms. Oh, which that sounds from an outsider's perspective, that sounds great. Yeah, it sounds great. It's just not a thing you get there, mm-hmm. and they kind of gave him shit about it. But what I thought that was really funny. What I thought was funny about that was he's he's. He's he spent he's from Scranton, but he spent the bulk of his life now because he's like a million years old in Delaware, which mm-hmm. is like. It, it, it would be like us driving to Eagle Rock. That's how close Delaware is to right. Philly. So um, it's like a 15-minute drive. Okay. So it, I just thought it was really funny that they gave him shit about it because, like, he obviously doesn't give a shit because he's lived there forever. 
and who cares, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think if if people do want to preserve traditions, that's one thing. I think it's when people start to impose what something should or should not be or what a belief system should or should not be is when the problems start to arise. Yeah. Uh, and I, um, you know, for me, it's like I... You know, I, I put I just put whatever I want on a sandwich. If you know, if, if you're gonna offer it, yeah, then I'm gonna do. It. If you don't want people to eat a certain thing, don't have it. Sure, sure. I think I, you know, I, I didn't so much have a problem as the way that you ate it, even though it, it really did twist my brain. It's just because it's just so good the way that it comes naturally. Yeah, know? and yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's like I you know, for me when I look at a sandwich, especially one that's like dripping with really oily meat like a cheesesteak will Mm -hmm. my inclination as a californian is to try to like health it up well you would probably enjoy a cheesesteak hoagie okay which is which is like hoagie roll Mm -hmm. uh the lettuce tomato the onion Mm -hmm. and then uh and then the cheesesteak goes on top of that so you Uh, get like the like the coolness of like the vegetables yeah but also the meat so it makes yeah. you feel like you're almost being healthy. You know? Yeah, I, I really like when they put. <laughs> and I like them; they're good. Yeah. Too. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I like when they put like the the on cheesesteaks. They put bell peppers in them sometimes, right? Like peppers and onions. Um, is that a thing? It's uh, green peppers are not a de facto thing on a cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. You, it, it's like a, it's like an extra. Okay. You know? Like, like if you wanted to get a pepperoni cheesesteak, you know, like oh, okay. you would say, you know. Hey, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get this cheesesteak, uh, American fried onions, pepperoni, you okay. know, or American, American onion, green pepper, and then they would say okay, and then they would do that. But like weirdly out here, it, people seem to think it's like a de facto like Philly cheesesteaks come with onions and peppers, and I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> they were like, oh. Yeah, I think I think people just want to like load up their sandwich. It's maybe it's like a. You know, they're just trying to make it seem like you're getting the best value. Look at all the shit we're putting in there. But I I definitely do like, in in my sandwiches, I like having, you know, I don't want to just have turkey in there or turkey and cheese. For me, that it's like I'm having turkey, cheese, and bread. Like, let me throw in, let me throw spinach on there. Let me throw avocado on there. I'm Tomato or something. For me, there needs to be some level of balance Mm-hmm. to a sandwich and i think just doing meat cheese bread feels very out of balance um now sure we go to in and out sometimes there's going to be it's definitely out of balance over there but like, hey man they put a lot of lettuce on those burgers yeah lettuce is not healthy that's not <laughs> lettuce is not a vegetable <laughs> people the tomatoes are pretty thick though the, the tomatoes do help um but like you know like calling you know you know, thinking of lettuce as a vegetable, it's like, it's not. Okay. It's, it's not. It, it's it's it good has, roughage. It's roughage, and, <laughs> and maybe the, the fiber's helpful, but there's, there's really no nutritional value to lettuce. True. Um, but, like, for me, there has to be a balance to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are you are very balanced in your eating. Like, I don't think we've ever had a meal, I don't think, without, like, a specific vegetable. Yeah, I think I think that's super important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I think it's great. <laughs> like, yeah. But I've never seen you just be like, you know... I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna eat these pork chops and like call it a day, you know. Yeah, I don't. I that my my parents were super big about that, and mm-hmm. for me, it's like I know the nutrients I need to get healthy, and there's certain nutrients that only come from veggies. Right. And meat is good. I think you know, for me at least. Oh well, yeah, you need the protein. The protein's important, but like, 
there's the the whole source of other shit, mm-hmm. you know, like, and we get, and we all got fucked up by if you're over t- twenty eight, you got fucked up by the food pyramid. The food pyramid that was taught to us oh, yeah. was really stupid. Do they not do that anymore? I think they've augmented it oh. to make it uh, a lot less heavy on breads because they they would say like you need to have like sixteen servings of grains a day. Well, it was the base of the food pyramid. But I don't think it had to come from bread, though. I think it was like... It was like bread rice. and corn and rice. But, like, that's not true either. Oh, like, you right. shouldn't... We Like, most people should not be having... I mean, I'm going to speak for me. I'm uh-huh. not going to tell everyone what to do. Okay. But I should not be having that much bread. I will... That's a lot of bread. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know when I'm eating less bread... Mm-hmm. I'm less bloated yeah. and I'm more comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. When I have a lot of bread, um, even a lot I'll of... crack in the windows. Even a lot... <laughs> yeah, even a lot of gluten-free bread. I get farty. I get bloated. I, like, it's just like that that Mugatu <laughs> line in Zoolander. It's like, I get farty and bloated with a loaf of wheat. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> I throw the bread at Todd or whatever the, <laughs> his name is. Um, I feel that way when, when I eat a lot of pasta. Yeah. Like, I can't really eat a lot of pasta anymore. It just, it blows me up. Yeah, and it's like, it's not great for my digestion. I, you know, every everything gets backed up in me. And I know when I eat a lot more just like meats and veggies and fruit, mm-hmm. my body's working appropriately. Yeah. And everyone's got to come to that crossroads yeah. for themselves. Yeah, yeah. But I think the way the food pyramid was taught to us, where it was like, your diet should mostly be bread. Um, there's so many there's so many processed sugars in a lot of bread. And I don't know about you, but that fucks me up. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of sugar. A lot of sugar gets me. Uh, a lot of bread gets me. Which really makes me sad, because I do love bread. Yeah, I, <laughs> um. I love bread. I love sweets. I love, you know, I and I will indulge when I go home. I do enjoy... You know, my, my parents will sometimes, you know, send me home with the sourdough loaf and that's, and that's awesome. You know, I'll go to cheese board and I'll get there, I'll get the fine pizza. Um, well, tell me about this cheese board thing. Cheese board is a cheese shop, uh, but they make pizzas and every day they'll make one kind of pizza. Oh. And it's usually, it's not, it's not a sauce heavy pizza. It's a thin crust, um, you know, very cheesy pizza, but they'll be like. Square or round? Round, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it'll be it'll, they'll put like arugula and pine nuts on it, or there'll be like a hint of pesto or something like that. And mm-hmm. what was cool about uh, that part of North Berkeley where Cheeseboard was is they will um, there was a median in the like in the middle of the road that had a patch of grass, and if you could you know jaywalk over there uh, when traffic was light, I don't jaywalking's not a problem in the Bay Area. Um, okay, it's jaywalking is a sport. <laughs> And everyone does it. Um, but you're such a rule follower. I, I think jaywalking is a stupid rule. I okay. Think, I also think the speed limit is... I have problems with speed limits as well. Yeah, I've driven with you. Yeah. I like I like getting places fast. I don't like the journey. I like the destination. Um, I think I think that saying is stupid. Uh, but... So those are, those are the rules I don't care about. But, like, um, if you jaywalked over to the, the median, people would ha- you could see people having picnics. With their cheese board pizza. Oh. It was like 20 bucks for the pizza, but they made the one type of pizza every day and they changed it, but it was all kind of the same. Uh-huh. And I would get, I would go there and I'd get an IBC root beer um, and 
it was fabulous. And on, on a nice sort of spring day, which there were a lot of in Berkeley, it was a really excellent, you know, date spot or um, just place to go eat with friends. Nice. Sometimes they'd have music playing, like a three-piece, you know, oh, wow. band in there with like a minimal setup. It was wow. great. That's cool. Yeah. It was, it, that's, that is what I think of when I think of when I think of the Bay Area. There's tons of places in Marin and tons of places in San Francisco that are like that. And it's just, it's relaxed. You know, what's nice about the Bay Area is it's, it's not like L.A. in that, like, no one gives a shit about how they look. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you can be, you, no one's, not everyone's so focused on, like, their appearance. Uh-huh. Like they are here. Yeah, they are. Uh, and, you know, it's a lot of, you know, I, I think of fleece. I think of... You know, socks with mandals. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think of like bald guys with ponytails, like, and and beards, like I. Like you know, old hippies. Yeah, old hippies who love jazz. Uh, <laughs> that is that's my idea of the area, and those are a lot of the the parents and like uncles of like people I grew up with. Huh. So those people actually exist. That's kind of funny because it's usually, yeah those old deadheads. Yeah, because it's just like a stereotype that you see on TV. You know, yeah, it's not everybody, of course. There's a lot of like now the stereotype is like the tech bro who's like wearing the you know the the you know the polar you know Patagonia fle- uh, vest with their their shirt and tie and right yeah it's it's very much like the uh, the new go getter yeah yeah those guys they need to drown in the bay. Um, yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay, so you are uh, a huge lover of the taco truck. Yeah, taco trucks are great. Yeah. So, like, what? Like, what's your go-to at the taco truck? Well, where are we? What city are we in? We're in L.A. We're in L.A. at the taco. Yeah. I, if, it, the reason why I say that is because if you're in San Diego or, or San Francisco, it's a burrito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do get burritos here in L.A., but tacos are uh, perfected here. Wait, the burritos in San Francisco, are those the ones with the french fries or without the french fries? Without. without. That's a San Diego San Diego one has the french fries. And that's and that is the appeal of San Diego, the California burrito or the um you know the, you know, I you know I can't talk about food and not shout out uh, Don Carlos um, in La Jolla. Um, you know, they make all kinds of great things. They they're really good at making rolled tacos. Uh-huh. So they look kind of like taquitos. Uh-huh. Um, but my favorite thing there is the uh, Claremont burrito because it's like a California burrito, but instead of steak, it's carnitas. Oh. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So um, we're in we're in LA. We're getting tacos, and we're getting them from you know from a place. You can get them from Cactus, or or I like getting them from Cactus. And there's they have several locations all around. Yeah, they do. Um, I also like going to places where it's just like. It doesn't show up on Yelp. It's just like, it's just there. This is like a dude in a truck. <laughs> yeah. It, or like, you know, it's like a pickup truck and a little tent and a generator. And, you know, you can see the Al Pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, there it's on, it's on the spit. It's got the, it's got the, you know, the piña, the pineapple on top. Like Leo's. Yeah. Like Leo's or like a Taco Salvenado in North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, those are, and... That's that's what I think of when I think of a taco truck. It's like, it's outdoor dining because you can eat outdoors all the time here. Um, you know, there's there's a station where you can throw on uh, all your fixings onto a taco. You know, it's, for some people it's just the meat. Uh, for me, it's like I li- I like throwing fixings. Yeah. You know the, you know the. The, sal- the onions with the cilantro. Yeah, you get yeah the diced onions. Uh, 
if, if, if we're at Leo's, you know, either on Sunset and Western or at um, Venice and La Brea. Ooh, there's one in the Valley now, too. Oh, great. So, um, you know, if we're at any of those locations, you know, they have these, like, really, these uh, onions that are kind of, like, stringy, mm-hmm. these, like, shoestring onions, mm-hmm. but they're mixed with uh, shoestring habanero, habanero uh, peppers. And those don't look spicy, but they really are. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm a bit of a wimp because I'm a, I'm a white guy, but the, um, you know, it's, those I will just, like, lather on to... My alpas for tacos. You can get, you can get carne asada tacos. You can get carnitas. You can get lengua, uh, and those are all good. But you know, LA and you know these places that I'm talking about have really perfected that red colored al pastor. Yeah, you know, it's that, so good. That barbecued pork. And I love it when they're like, "Do you want some pineapple?" And I'm like, "Yes." Yeah. Yes. Give me the all guy, of the pineapple. The guy does a little <laughs> knife trick. He gets it on the knife and he just slaps it on. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, so good! That, yeah, that that's that's my absolute favorite. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, when when uh, my girlfriend and I really uh, did not want to have sex, we would order um, <laughs> we would order each um, you know uh, al pastor uh, super nachos from Cactus. Yes. Yeah. If you if you do not like fucking, um, <laughs> that's what you order. Because that tells your partner, listen, I'm done for today. <laughs> Check back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. The doctor is out. Um, that or uh, Zanku chicken. If you want if you want Zanku and you just want to like, if you want garlic to ooze out your pores instead of your natural oils. No, for those of you at home who don't know, don't know what Zanku chicken is, it's like this roast chicken place. But they, so you can get like. It's Mediterranean. Mediterranean roast chicken. But they have this garlic shit in, in these little tiny condiment containers yeah let's 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 dress it up we don't i think calling it garlic shit is probably it's like a garlic paste but it's like but it's got something else in it and i don't know what it is because i can't all be garlic it's yeah it's it's a it's a lard (laughs) maybe it's a garlic salt paste yeah and um you know when you get a you know uh uh i i I keep wanting to say euro but like um if you get some you know some uh, chicken tarna or like some some ste- some steak or some um, why am I for, uh, the the vegetarian one the oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter it, it'll it'll it'll, it'll come, come to not remember that but the um, so the you know the chickpeas you know whatever whatever you're getting you you get your your thing of bread and you your pita bread and I, what I will do is I will before I put anything else I I've cut it in half I've opened it up. I will slather that garlic salt on before I put on the tahini, before I put the hummus in there. Um, it's so good. Yeah, and if you, it's, you know, the the downside is you fart forever, but the, the it's worth it. You yeah. know, that, that Lebanese family that murdered each other. Uh, True story, Google it. Yeah, Google, <laughs> Google Zanku chicken murder, uh, and you'll find out about it. Um, it's... It was all worth it, honestly. I, 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 my heart goes out to the the people who died, but like that. <laughs> but it, it's. But I will stab a bitch for that recipe. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's they've they've done some amazing work with yeah. their with the food they make there. Okay, so like, to wrap this up, I just want to talk real quick about you and your love of the roast chicken. Oh sure. First of all, you make an amazing roast chicken, which is Thank great. You. Yeah, my uh, my mom uh, sent me a recipe book uh, for Christmas a few years ago, and. Um, 
she put a lot of recipes that she used to make when I was little. And one of them is a roast chicken, and it uses five ingredients, including the chicken. Um, I just use lemon and onion and uh, like a yellow onion and salt and pepper. Yeah. It takes about, takes under two hours to make from prep to out of the oven. And it's, to me, it's like, I mean, like the Zanku chicken is amazing, but like it's super easy to make at home. Mm-hmm. And it la- and if you're a single person, it can last you s- several days worth of meals. That's true. Now, um, you love, of course, the $5 Costco chicken. Oh, those are great. Um, I will put Costco out, of, Costco out of business buying those roast chickens. Yeah, so if money was no object, how many roast chickens would you buy from Costco? <laughs> um, I mean, there's, there's limits to what a man can eat, but I would probably always have one in the fridge. Like, I'd probably rotate, like, three or so in I mean, like, I've, I've known some people in my life, but I've never met anybody who loves the roast chicken like you love the roast chicken. Yeah. And uh, there are times where I've seen... I mean, you won't let this thing go until, like... How did you put it the other day? I want... I want the I eat everything on the roast chicken. I want it to look like the, <laughs> the, the carcass cool of the chicken didn't even know it had flesh. Like I wanted, <laughs> I wanted it to like not remember when it had meat on those bones. I mean, one time you were sitting at your desk and I came in to get something to eat, something in the kitchen, and you were just hunched over. Just it was almost disturbing. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 pretty primal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just I mean, covered in grease. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it does get a little messy. But and I I used to have this snack when I was like really hardcore bachelor living, where I would just get a vat of hummus and a roast chicken from either Ralph's or Costco, and I would just dip, you know, the the chicken into the hummus because I knew I was not sharing it with anyone else, and. I mean that doesn't sound bad to me. It was great. It was a it was a great snack. It was super filling. It was like spackling my stomach. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, like I, I don't know. There's something about it that like I love every part of it. And there's all there's, it's kind of like a puzzle. There's always like little pieces of meat that you can find in other parts, and you turn it around. Yeah, like a kula. <laughs> that's what uh, my girlfriend Anna calls the tail of the chicken. She calls it the kulo, and she thinks it's gross that I like it. But the, the tail of the chicken is actually my, my grandma's favorite part of the chicken. And it's it's very fatty, and there's a, there's an art to eating it. Um, but it's just the tailbone of you yeah. know, the tail of the chicken. And it's um, I think it's great. And there's I don't like that she stigmatizes <laughs> that it's bad. And I think um, I think it's a little bit yucking my yum. And uh, I, I, I can eat every part of a roast chicken, and I would do it every day. Yeah, you would. I mm. mean, it's... It's almost impressive the way that you can clean, like, a chicken carcass. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not, like, a big, like, soup maker, so I'm not, like, cleaning it so I can make chicken stock out of it. Like, but I will I will use every part of the, all, all the meat on the chicken. Yeah, I used to not like roast chicken when I was a kid. I think because my mom didn't really season it all that much. Oh, okay. But, like, when you season it, and I, I made one once where I did it with a turkey, so I tried it with a chicken, and I know you're, I don't know if you're going to like this or not, but if you can get your hand under the skin and get like a little, se- like season some mayonnaise and you put that under the skin, uh-huh. um, it kind of crisps up the skin from like both sides almost. Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's really interesting. 
Is it with a chicken or a turkey? You, you could do it for both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've never had a problem getting crisp skin because the way I make it, yeah. it, the skin is really crispy. And the places that I... If you get a Ralph's chicken, it's not as crispy. It's, um, I don't... Because oh, yeah. it's in the bag and it steams. Yeah, they're... They're they're making they're making it a different way, but like the Costco and the Zanku chicken, all the all the chickens I have access to, I I, I don't have a problem with the skin. Mm-hmm. Kind of, they all kind of have their own flavor to it, and each one has its merit. But yeah, it's you know it's super easy to make, and I think everyone should know how to make a roast chicken if they like that kind of thing. I mean, it's a very simple thing to make, so I think if you're learning how to cook, that's a good that's a so, good first meal to be able to make. Yeah, and then all you have to do is just roast some vegetables to go alongside it, and you have a really solid meal that presents lovely. Yeah. So I think um, it was a really nice. Um, starter thing and i don't know how to make a lot of things but the things i do know how to make i make very well yeah no i think you you're making your mom's stuffing which is pretty great yeah did you know you can have stuffing any time of the year i know (laughs) (laughs) i just kind of had that realization this year because i usually go home for thanksgiving and because of of covid i didn't and but i wanted to connect to my family more so I, i made a couple things that i would normally have around the holidays which is my mom's stuffing um which she just it's a recipe she got on a website. Whatever. It's not, it's, you know, it's Grand Marnier stuffing. Um, but, uh, and then I made um, my mom's recipe for uh, for fudge. And um, that's been a really nice way for me to connect with friends during COVID and have distance visits with people. Because, you know, I, you the amount of fudge that the, the recipe makes, it you know, it makes like, 60 pieces yeah. we have <laughs> a lot of fudge in the apartment <laughs> we have we have a lot of fudge and you know i'm slowly but surely um giving it away to friends but it's been really a really nice way for me to connect with people in a new way i mean i am disappointed that you just won't let me call you big fudge now but you know uh. i i anna and i were talking about this last night and i think fudgeman is <laughs> a better nickname i'll go with that I, I don't like it when people create their own nicknames but <laughs> since i am in the world of writing and punch-up i i think you know, Fudgeman is funnier. Um, Mr. Fudgeman, can yeah. I use the bathroom? Yeah, it's, it sounds like like a long lost Jewish family line that is like, there's 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 the Weinstein's, there's the Fudgemans. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! All right, well, thanks for doing the podcast. You wanna you wanna tell everybody at home uh, about your album? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a comedian, and I, I made my first album. Uh, I recorded it right before COVID happened. It's called Dandy Man. I made it with Radland Records, and you can find it anywhere you get your albums and download it. And if you did that, I'd really appreciate it because I put a lot of uh, hard work into it, and it's like you know, it sums up you know about ten years of comedy. I mean, it's a funny album. Thank you. And uh, I recorded it in San Francisco and uh where i'm from and it's uh yeah and while you play it if you concentrate real hard you could smell sourdough yeah and maybe a hint of roast chicken just no pee yeah well that's you might want to get that checked out if yeah, that's possibly going. yeah that's, that's that sounds more like a you thing than a, than <laughs> a me thing yeah possibly <laughs> yeah. um you want to tell the kids at home where they can find you on the internet yeah you can uh, follow me at Stuart b thompson that's s-t-u-a-r-t and uh, anywhere, you know, uh, and you can go to my website, StuartThompsonComedy.com, uh, for any updates about what's going on when I can get back out on the road. And your podcast. Oh, yeah. You can listen to the 
late night podcast uh wherever you get your podcasts that's l and uh eight uh and that uh, l and eight is part of the twitter and instagram handle the l eight night show so i do that with my buddy luke schwartz and it's kind of like a it's a talk show where i try to run an honest show and luke uh interrupts me <laughs> yeah he does yeah and he's real good at it he's very good <laughs> um yeah so that's uh those are the things. All right, cool. Any final words? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, you hungry? Because I, I didn't really eat anything. Yeah, it's about lunchtime. All right, cool. Well, we're going to go eat. So, see you guys. Okay. And that was Stu. Thanks, Stu. I can say thanks, and he can actually hear me through the wall. Uh, so, you can check him out on the social media everywhere. It's Stuart B. Thompson. You can check out his album, Dandy Man, anywhere you get streaming or music or you buy music you want to buy it great you want to stream it cool um artists make more money when you buy it but if you want to stream it that's fine too you can always check me out at yatesy 75 on all of the social medias y-a-t-e-s-y 75 you can check out my website uh yatesy comedy y-a-t-e-s-y comedy.com and of course you can always check out did you eat on instagram d-i-d-j-a underscore eat we're going to keep trying to do this weekly i got some great great guests coming up and if you could possibly go to the itunes store and rate and review that would be great kind of push us up a little bit and hey you know i'm checking out all the stats what's up montreal how you doing montreal i love canada how you doing? And uh, Seattle, apparently, is a huge listener of this podcast. How you doing, Seattle? I hope it's not raining too much. And uh, and shout-outs to some of our, our loyal listeners, uh, Patrick and Cecilia and Simon. Hey, guys. And uh, Devin Flurry. How you doing, Devin? So, anyway, if you guys, if you like, if you like the podcast, if you like it, uh, go to iTunes and give it a rating. You just gotta, you just gotta tap the stars or you can write a little review. It'll, it'll help more people check out the podcast. And of course, check out 12 questions with Anna Valenzuela and Dave Yates and pick up some ha ha hot sauce, ha ha hot sauce.com. They're our sponsor. And honestly, it's, it's like the best hot sauce ever. So check it out. All right. So what else? Oh yeah. Did you eat? <laughs>